This is Knowledge and Conversation. I'm Justin. And I'm Chris. This is a true and faithful relation of magic in our time. Today, we're talking about the tarot. The tarot. Justin. Tarot. tarot, Tell me the story of the tarot. All right, kids. Let's sit down and hear the story of the tarot. Uh, like all great stories, it starts in the Italian Renaissance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, um, like every great story, right? Every great story. Hold on, yeah. Let me think. Think of one great story that doesn't start in the Italian Renaissance. Uh, See, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> like. Let's see. I mean, story, story. Let's see. So, like, the great. Are we talking like great, like the greatest of all time? I'm, I'm letting you pick a story. You still haven't done it, so I'm um, feeling like I'm winning right now. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. There's. It can't be Romeo and Juliet because that's Italian Renaissance. But uh, what time period were they kind of talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it starts in. Uh, Italy, right? Yeah, uh, Fair Verona. Yeah, Fair Verona. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. Uh, A plague on both your houses, fuck. right after the plague. The rest of, yeah. Lost. Lost was not in the Italian Renaissance. See, what you don't understand is Lost is based on a story from uh, the 14th 30s what a, uh, <laughs> boat that crashes on a magical island and no i'm making that up oh know. look <laughs> while we're on the topic of lost yeah all right um we've talked previously um about the corpus hermeticum right mm-hmm. and the pie mander mm-hmm. in the pie mander he says the smoke monster is that what we're talking yes about? yeah he says that um the pie mander is supposed to be showing Hermes what everything is. Like, he wants to know the essential nature of, of being. And uh, Hermes and Pymander treats him to this vision. And in this vision, everything is light. Pure light. And then comes this awful crashing sound. And this scream erupts. And this column of black smoke arises from the light. Yeah. And I have always kept it to myself... Except for you, and yeah. I think you might be the only person I've ever okay. said this to. Thank you for that uh, level of uh, you know, sharing. I well, you know, yeah. it's not the same anymore because now yeah. I'm telling everyone. You're telling else. everybody. So <laughs> Specialness is gone. <laughs> um, so the 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 thing about it is, I swear to God, that's where they got that from. So you, do you think? You think it was a direct correlation, smoke monster? Lost, yes, uh, came from. I think David. that one of those two guys who you don't think it was just bad writing, or no, ah, I mean, that's... is the Corpus Hermeticum just bad writing? No, 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 I'm talking about a lost part, <laughs> Damon Lindolf. All right, I got this idea, it's gonna be this giant smoke monster. And it's like, okay, well, what's that about? Like, I don't know, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> I think that's all Damon Lindolf writing. Like, here's a thing, and now I have to write out of this paper bag <laughs> <laughs> and it very well might be just right. tell me the story oh of yeah the tarot. The tarot the tarot sorry about that kids so where were we um italian renaissance right as always uh, where all the best stories are written that uh, that has not been disproven yet um <laughs> so um in italy after uh, when the the renaissance kind of came to be because you had that big pandemic um 
I mean, there was a lot of pandemics going on. It was all the time thing. It's not just in the modern age that we have. So a you're talking like pan pandemics, right? Right. Um, so people were shut in for a little while, right? Um, they start getting some wild, wacky ideas. You know, creative ideas. Um, you also have more interest in like classical uh, literature, uh, classical alchemical texts, um, you know, uh, myths, things like that to where the elite, the moneyed, are uh, getting a much bigger perspective mm. on the universe. Wait, are we getting like um, ancient texts, like classical texts are, mm-hmm. are coming back? So yeah. like yeah. the Platonic dialogues Correct. are coming back and yeah. Hermes' writings are coming back and, yeah. and so on? I think, for me at least, Leonardo da Vinci is that summation of what the Italian Renaissance was all about. Mm-hmm. A big hero of mine, you know, uh, creativity-wise. You know, if you think Leonardo da Vinci, you got the Renaissance down. Like a guy that's into everything. Like, oh no, I'm building tanks. Like, wait, what are tanks? Oh, you'll get it later, kid. Don't worry. You know, like uh, winged contraptions and um, you know backwards drawings and making my own language and finding images in wood grain. Like, that's my kind of dude, right? Like, I want to have a beer with Leonardo da Vinci. Right, right. I want to see what's what's going down. Um, so from this uh, soup of um, you know occurrences <clears throat> you have a uh, game that was being played by the elites by the money and uh, essentially it's modern day tarot cards you know if we went back in time we'd be like hey that's kind of tarot cards uh, it looks kind of like it you know it wasn't exactly what we have today but uh, the origins are kind of there yeah I have a, a like a big big brick over mm-hmm. there like a big hardcover encyclopedia thing and it, it's basically pretty much the same, same thing. thing there was yeah. some variations in the um, the what the, what the suits were or what right. the um what the order of the trumps were or what trumps were even there you because know, it but, really didn't matter i mean in the end I, I want you to imagine it's a game right so it's like oh you don't have the proper order of the levels of mario down like <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's just a, it's a Mario game, you know, or oh, it's a Monopoly, you know. Like there's a million different Monopoly games, right? Imagine if, for some reason, society kind of shifted over time and uh, they started using Monopoly as a divination device, you know. That's essentially what happened with tarot. And you know, to- oh, the thou hast crossed the railroad. <laughs> I own the railroad. Right, right. Uh, do not pass go. <laughs> oh man, I guess oh, I'm not holy going. Shit. Yeah, I guess I'm not passing go in the future. You do know. not pass go. <laughs> right. Uh, do not collect two hundred dollars. So the game was pretty interesting. Hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with William S. Burroughs at all? Have you heard that uh, name before? Yes, I, I have heard that. Okay, name I just want to give some context, a little more modern sure. context. So William S. Burroughs, he was kind of part of this, uh, the beat poem generation. Uh, he was a writer, an artist. Uh, two big, interesting things that kind of came from him, I'll even do three actually, um, was cut-ups to where you take a piece of media, like say a newspaper, and you cut up a bunch of it and then you rearrange it, right? Yeah, and like those collages. Like a collage and, yeah. in a way. But then you get a sort of deeper meaning from the reading of the rearranged words. Like, you're not purposely trying to put it in a certain way, 
you let the random take over. So a little bit of a benefit for Mr. Uh, Kite, mm-hmm. like the Beatles song where they took the, the poster of yeah. the circus and they rearranged it yeah, and yeah. all the different rearrangements of the words are what makes the song. Yeah, exactly that. You know, th- this is a human thing that we do. You know, like we take random things and we make narrative from them. And I think, you know, my hypothesis, at least, is that's what the tarot is. It's a storytelling device. And it just happens to be a really good one for divination because it taps into uh, the myths and the alchemical symbols and the planetary symbols that were all springing up in the Italian Renaissance. That makes sense. And, and, you know, I think there's definitely something to that. When you think about the notion of uh, kind of novelty tarots Mm -hmm. and all the different ways people have kind of started including modern things into um, yeah. I mean, I love the, the ancient they're, they're structures. But yeah, it kind of loses something at the same it, time. It does, right. Yeah. Like One of the things that I really like is um, for example, Josie has this like housewife tarot mm-hmm. and it's silly. Yeah. but uh, And it, it's definitely meant to be silly. Like there's nothing serious yeah. about it. The devil is a pair, is like a yeah, chocolate I have the cake. bullshit tarot. Like it's right? just <laughs> terrible. Like pizza a slice of pizza yeah, or, you yeah. know a broken robot exactly yeah. and the tower no uh, the, the chariot's like a cadillac like a giant oh, fucking yeah, cadillac nice, thing nice. you know what i mean yeah and, um, so it's silly but it does kind of if you were to try to approach that idea seriously i think it's doable i think yeah. you can easily slot in like modern stand-ins into this and if we think about tarot as like this evolving game that went from shit where it doesn't matter to like a more systematized like yeah. no, no no there's a reason this thing's here let's yeah. let's keep that here so the really interesting thing that I, I you know when learning this was so the game itself was and let's do it right now okay uh, pick pick like four cards five cards whatever all I'm right I'm gonna pick one don't tell me what they are okay pick two. Oh, those are some good cards Three. Wow. <laughs> Four. This is a very favorable reading yeah. that I have here. Yeah. Are you Are you good? You want another? Or that's it. You want to do that? Uh, I feel like these four are pretty those good. Those four are good. Okay. And I'm gonna draw four as well in the most random ass way possible. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, everyone was dealt the cards. Okay. Then, uh, like Scrabble, you can kind of like. Imagine these as letters, and this will come up again later. Oh, right? nice. Okay, yeah. So build whatever sort of story you want from that. Um, all right. Now, and this is the game, right? You're not making your story. You're looking at the person on some other, you know, some other person at the table. You're building a narrative for them, and you could do it as a poetry thing. You can make a song out of it or just a narrative story. Uh-huh. And that was the whole point of the game. So you can easily see how this would translate into sort of a divination. So this is so all I'm gonna do is lay out my cards. Yeah. You're and gonna you are gonna make a story. Yeah. Based on my cards. You no. I make a story based on my cards. You're gonna make card. a story based on how about me about the cards that you pulled. Oh, your okay. Range. Sure. So again, arrange them however you want. Doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, got it. Yeah. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? Uh, what, do you, what do you feel? I, I kind of like mine. Okay, go. I kind of like mine. Yeah. So, um, but in the interest of education, I would like to see you go first. Okay, well, I'll go first. Um, so the first one I have, 
Nine of Cups. Mm, right. Nine of Cups. Chris, I see you as someone who, um, at one point in your early life, maybe was satisfied with everything that you had and the attainments that you acquired. Person. You felt a great sense of pleasure uh, in things, right? Um, next is the Hangman. Oh, there was an event that sort of transformed your perspective and made you see things in a new light, maybe a less material light, more spiritual light. That is when you gained your intuition from the High Priestess and began to understand the symbols and uh, deeper occult meanings of things. And now you are the King of Pentacles. You That's have mastered right. the physical realm with your spiritual principles. Wow, that was very cool. Right? I could see how that would become right? a divination. Wow, yeah. that's very neat. So <clears throat> I went a little more, um, uh, I guess, yeah, do a conventional do in terms of story. Yeah. yeah, just do it. Um, because the way that these cards kind Think of, of fell like out, Scrabble they just sort of like, like made, a, made yeah. a thing. Yeah, do it. So um, <clears throat> in the beginning... Mm. There were lovers. Oh, nice. All right. And um, these two were destined to be together, mm. but were kept apart by very powerful forces. Oh, wow. And Fair Verona? Mm, yeah. Fair Verona, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah. there, was, yeah. um, there was a, a king of swords mm -hmm. who demanded that these two lovers, um, if they were to be together, one of them had to um, prove their loyalty and faith to the other mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be worthy of his his fair maiden's hand yeah he completed his feat of strength ah. overcoming the lion that was yeah. sent to subdue him right very and, uh, um i get a sumerian epic of gilgamesh i know right yeah. yeah and so the lovers were wed together mm-hmm and from them, Happy the times. son was born. Right. <laughs> right? A beautiful, happy baby with yeah. all the world's love and, and happiness. Yeah. And so I think you, sir, are that beautiful, happy baby. Look at you. <laughs> but, yeah, so easy. All you have to do is apply a little bit of imagination. you got a narrative. And, I mean... It wouldn't take long. Like, say we just invented this today. Right, right, right. right. Like, I made a bunch of pictures. I drew some scribbly crap, you know. And it's like, hey, I got this idea for a game. You want to play it with me? Like, sure. Like, okay, it's all random. But it helps you make up a story. Like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. We do it. And it's like, I don't know, man. That kind of connected with me on a deep level. Like, even if it took the 90th time or, like, the sixth group of people to play this game, eventually they'd be like, man, you're, you're kind of picking up on something there. Yeah. You know, to where that would be the divide between fun game and like an actual tarot reader someone that was you know able to connect with a story as we all know any of us who've done good tarot readings know that when you get one that hits you're like this thing blown away yeah. <laughs> yeah cards i said what i said you know yeah i remember one time very 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 early on i had a my my only tarot deck was the teote tarot deck mm. and i was uh trying to do a um, divination about my holy guardian angel mm -hmm. and I was and I had them mixed up I'd had them for you know a while and I was like I don't know how to do this divination with the holy guardian angel thing in tarot um, do, let me do a reading and I did a reading and it was you know it talked about my situation and whatever and then I was like 
who am I speaking to? Mm-hmm. And I pulled over the ace of, uh, not the ace, the, um, the prince of fire. Mm-hmm. Or the, yeah, the prince. And then the prince of wands. And then I was like, oh, that's weird. And I flipped the next one. Prince of swords. And then I flipped the next one. Prince of cups. And then I flipped the next one. The prince of discs. Wow. And I had all four of them. I was like, that's fucking freaky. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but yeah. it's fucking yeah, freaky. Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, now, knowing what I know, I'd say, like, I was in touch with the Ruach, like, the mm-hmm. spirit. And I had no idea what it was, yeah. you know? Um, so, I mentioned William S. Burroughs yes. uh, before. Yeah. Um, and the three things, we'll say. So, the second thing that William S. Burroughs came up with, uh, along with some uh, assistance, is this. Basically, he took a record player, right? Uh, and by adjusting the speed, made it turn at various uh, speeds but he also built this um, cylinder or this rectangular rectangular sort of shape and cut holes in it at mathematical points right and put that on top of the record player and let it spin at the proper speed you get the same experience you uh, have when like say you're riding on a bus or a train you're able to just zone out and watch the light from the trees go by yeah you know, to where it puts you in a trance state, you know. But you get, like, sort of very vivid imagery in your eyes because the light's flashing between dark and light. Holy shit, I've never heard of this. This yeah. is the first time I've ever Amazing, heard of this. Amazing, right? this thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've almost built one of these. Is uh, this how you hypnotize people and reprogram them? Like it, in Room 42? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they use some of this, you know. So the same guy who made the, the cut-ups, you know, mm-hmm. random words bring meaning. And then here, random light flashes bring hallucinogenic light fields. Like, I've done it. You can actually go on YouTube and, you know, look up these. Uh, like, it's it's set to a frequency. So mm-hmm. you got to, like, hit the right frequency of light. Uh, you know, you go too far and you get a seizure. Uh, you go <laughs> too oh, low. Oh, yes, Pokemon. Yeah. You go too low and it's <laughs> like, I'm just watching at a blinky light, you know. Yeah. But if you get the right speed and you kind of do the aura uh, vision to where like you kind of gaze out but not direct yeah, like past it if yeah you look past the thing you'll start seeing like geometric light forms sort of take shape rotate around you know fluctuate become liquid or plastic you know you want to yeah. know what's really crazy mm. is that like one of the things that i do sometimes like it just happens randomly i don't control when it does it just will do the thing mm-hmm. when i'm like heavy in my magic work and i'm like really deep in in trance state yeah my eyelids flutter yeah yeah and you're, it does you're exactly in exactly what you're talking about and it yeah. flutter randomly and i see uh kind of like the mind screen but mm-hmm. because of the the land the random flickering of the eyelids it gives some information the light goes boom, 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 and it's like these patterns emerge and right. that's when I have some of my most intense mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah, because if you that. use that as a concentration object, you know, like how they tell you, oh, focus on your divine heart chakra. Yeah. And or you, focus you can on get the crown. so in yeah. it that you hear it. Yeah, it'll you, become you a lot. You hear yeah. the eyelids fluttering mm-hmm. and you hear like light hitting your eyeballs. It's fucking weird. I yeah. don't know how to explain yeah. it, but you hear it and it that becomes exactly. voices mm-hmm. and that is how i can do invocations sometimes oh, okay. is, is through that and i just sort of like let the thing yeah. do its thing and the more i lean into it 
the the more it sort of takes me away and this other thing kind of comes right. forward hey it's chris and justin here we're magicians which means of course that we love to hear ourselves talk but saying that we also would like to hear what you have to say so we came up with a couple of topics that we'd like to hear from you about just give us a short five minute recording even up to 10 minutes of uh, your own personal stories. It doesn't have to be super high quality um, audio. You can use your phone to record it or whatever. Uh, Send smoke signals if you have to. <laughs> but uh, a couple of things that we'd like to hear about is maybe how you found the faith or how you lost the faith. Uh, KNC of the HGA. Yeah, yeah. yeah we definitely like to hear your knowledge and conversation stories. Um, stories about the tarot or psychedelic experiences you had and synchro mysticism yes, baby definitely synchro mysticism death initiations a whole wealth of topics even just magic itself yeah it doesn't specifically have to be on any of these but these are the things that we'd probably be most interested in so might as well do those right <laughs> <laughs> so like i said short five minute clip could be less, could be more. Yeah. No rules on it. Doesn't have to be got. great audio. You can just talk into your phone and send us the file. Show us what you got. <laughs> Show us what you got. Yeah. Um, send that all to the KNC podcast at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Good spelling, John. Dave. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've been working on magical squares. <laughs> Back to the action, people. Yeah. So the third thing about wow. William S. Burroughs. Freaking me out. Today. Right. All right, right, let's do it. Yeah, you're not ready for this one. Oh, I shit. can tell you. <laughs> All right. So William S. Burroughs uh, got to meet a individual later on in his life uh, that he told a story to. Okay. Uh, it was a story about a man named, uh, or a captain, Captain Clark, uh, who was a captain of a boat and sailed around for can you guess how many years mm. 23 mm. years oh shit <laughs> and i was gonna go with 40 but okay yeah he tells burrows i've been a captain for 23 years and i've never had an accident on my ship the day he tells him that he sinks and everyone <laughs> on that ship dies oh my god so as burrows gets this information it's like oh my goodness you know he just told me 23 years right he turns on the radio and he hears that there has been a flight flight 23 that crashed and the captain of that plane was a captain clark yeah i told you weren't ready (laughs) right so the guy finishes up his story burroughs finishes telling this gentleman the story and that gentleman was mr robert anton wilson and that's where the 23 enigma came from. That was the genesis of seeing this synchronicity, this 23 coming up in random places. And we'll talk more about that later uh, with Burroughs and with the 23 and synchromysticism. But it kind of all sort of gels together um, in the idea of the random uh, allows the imagination to build a narrative. You know, our, our brains are narrative building machines. So the tarot gives us enough random, you know, while being still enough order, 
mm-hmm. to be able to uh, create a narrative when we pull a certain amount, you know, and look at those and, and to build that story. And positions that you put them in, all that's just sort of mnemonic guides on how to build a story. Um, so, you know, we shift from the ancient past, Burroughs. Uh, would like to talk about the Marseille deck, of course. Well, let's, please, let's do. Yeah. So, um, you know, the origin of the Marseille is, of course, that Italian Renaissance game that's being played. But now it's more officially sort of a divination tool, right? Uh, the forms have kind of congealed. You have the 22 trumps. You have the minor cards, all of them relating to certain aspects of either society or psychology or love or work. You know. So you think over time people have, uh, yeah, have like, started to zone in and intentionally insert right. ideas that they felt maybe was missing from the expressions before, I mean, let's say or, we take a creative writing class. Yeah. One of the things we're going to talk about is like, okay, these are the archetypes of stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to hear like about how they, the, you know, the hero, the anti-hero. The, the cliches. Everyone right. knows the cliches. Right. The protagonist and the antagonist. Right. And you have to have these to build a narrative. It's what humans mm-hmm. have done since we started telling stories around fires. You know, uh, there, There's a narrative structure that we all use. Nice. Um, so I think at some point, if the game was designed to build narratives between people, I think creative people eventually would get their hands on it and go, well, I can tweak this and I can make this more in line with the universal sort of archetypes that are maybe the planetary forces or the elemental forces. Yeah, people who already had other ideas about right. the those uh, same concepts could insert more of the specific symbolism mm-hmm. that better communicated those ideas right multiple layers in from which to work you know yeah. uh, based on the story that you want to tell you know the more layers you know the bigger and better and more complex story that you can kind of break down for somebody right um so the marseille deck and we've mentioned this in the uh, prior podcast uh the body positions and the items all built on hebrew letters right mm-hmm. so uh of course this was uh i always forget his name what was it uh philippus uh, who did the uh, the intro on the uh, the Hebrew lexicon? Uh, wait, wait, give me a second. Mark Philippus. That's what it is. Yeah, I got it. I got it. So uh, his hypothesis was that the majors were designed as a grammary for the Hebrew letters. Yeah, uh, and like a, a kind of, um, you know, they actually still make these mm-hmm. um, for Spanish. They're actually pretty famous too. They oh, have okay. a set of them. Where it's like a bunch of Spanish words and cards that have the yeah. it makes the it a fun kids a, game. Yeah, and it, it's a fun ca- kids yeah. game, and you get the same weird like trippy tarot shit out of it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm sure you're about old enough still. Like, if if kids are listening to this that have grown up, like if you're 18 or 20, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. My age, like we didn't have iPads. I know, mm-hmm. shriek. Uh, you know, the best technology was an Atari. Look out. <laughs> um, so all the learning devices were like flashcards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, flashcards definitely yeah. were a thing. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have your alphabetical flashcards and it would have what little pictures related. So the S always had a snake. Yes, you yes, know? yes. Um, essentially, you know, we can break it down. We can water, you know, squeeze the juice out of that. We could water it down to uh, the tarot could be seen as uh, a grammar. Uh, the, the way to learn an alphabet, language, 
and then how to tell stories. Oh, see how it kind yeah, of builds see, on see each other. See where you're going with that. Yeah, definitely yeah. has that A for alligator type thing. Right. So right. you have a bunch of Hebrew words that start with A. You put all those things on, or just a bunch of them yeah. on the card. Enough so that, to be able to tell the story. Right, yeah. right, right. So that someone could be like an A. Right. That goes with, you know, uh, apple and, you know, air and, you know, whatever you need. Um, so it it doesn't necessarily mean that those had those items had sacred significance. Mm-hmm. Just like the number 23 doesn't have possibly any sacred significance other than it just keeps popping up, you know. So that can be part of the level of it. You know, yes, it's random, but also at the same time, it's meaningful. Is randomness random? Right. You know, at, at a certain that perspective, would, um, yeah, that I have mean, done if, experiments on that. That we can, yeah, we should probably do an episode on that at some point too. Yeah, uh, there is one other tarot card, and this uh, or tarot deck, um, and this came around in the um, 1835s, so a couple of uh, centuries after, you know, the Italian game. Then the Marseille deck. Marseille deck was like 1600s, I think. Um, to 17, 1800s, you have uh, Carlo uh, Della Roca's, uh, an Italian artist, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, his deck. Um, oh, yeah, these are the ones that look like paintings. Like, they're yeah. so detailed. Yeah, and... they're beautiful uh, illustrations, uh, woodcuts. Uh, the Milanese deck, is it's called. Yeah. And um, that one, where in the Marseille deck, you might be like, okay, yeah, maybe the jugglers, even though they, you know, they show some item... Yeah, that probably starts with the B or whatever, but, you know, maybe it's uh, a cracked nut. You know, I, I don't know. Like, it, It's the, hard to tell. The images are so rough, it allows the brain to kind of create an image yeah. or a narrative. He may or may not have a disc, a cup, and all yeah, that kind it, of shit. it could be whatever, you know. Uh, with this, it, it's a way more obvious. You know, and if you look at the cards, you know the Hebrew letters, and you know what those items in the card represent. Yeah. You go, oh, that's, you know, A for apple, B for bear. Let's do, you know. let's do two things. Okay. One, I want you to, um, and I want to put this in the, the show stuff. So mm-hmm. whenever we post the show, um, I want you to put in the link to this guy's site yeah. that outlines this yeah. stuff. And um, also, I would like to, if you can find a good... Um, kind of brightness darkness a mm-hmm. uh, little flickery vision thing. oh yeah yeah, yeah. i can, can find a good to that. uh youtube video link yeah. you throw that in there and uh, in our description the, of the show um, yeah i think there's actually a mini documentary about like this invention awesome uh because so many people have actually taken it uh, uh ready to blow your mind <laughs> yes please uh, do figuratively and in many different ways oh sure um, you know, I, you know who was a big fan of this Burroughs light device? Oh yeah, I'm ready for it. Kurt Cobain. Oh god. Yes. <laughs> Did I just blow your mind? Uh, so oh, like, God, it's even worse now. Right. So he would wear these goggles, Kurt Cobain, right? Mm-hmm. That the light flashed in front of his eyes and flickered. And uh, hold on a minute. Hold, yeah. hold on a minute. Yeah. You mean to tell me that Kurt Cobain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was doing the same kind of trance entering, uh, like flickering vision thing? Yep. 
that we do? What yep. the? F- <laughs> yeah, using this device, which um, <laughs> get this, they stopped selling these. Uh, I don't know if there's a lawsuit or you know this could be all sort of urban legend uh, type stuff. Uh, there's a lawsuit against them because a lot of the people who were using them actually committed suicide. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it, it's it's a dissociative sort of thing. It will put you into a fantasy land. You know, it's the same thing as uh, I don't know if you ever heard of this, where you take um, a ping pong ball, cut it in half. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. You put it on your eyes uh, oh, and let man. the light. Gansfield. Yeah, the Gansfield effect. Like that. Yeah. yeah, where? Yeah. Yeah. It it's basically that. So it can cause LSD level hallucinations, both auditory and visual, like you have realized. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, and it's the brain trying to process all this random information into a narrative. You know, it's it's what Beautiful. dreams are. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess how to get the ball, if I had to tell someone in one word, mm-hmm. like one little sentence, how to do invocations, I think that might be exactly yeah. take the random and compose it into an, like the random experience. It's and the act of compose creation. Compose it into yeah. a narrative. You know, what is the... Uh, and the, you will soon descend into invo- invocation territory. Yeah. Uh, it's the story of creation. There was chaos in the beginning mm-hmm. and then somebody came and made some order. You know? I mean, is that not the story of creation? We keep following that pattern anytime we make these stories. You know, we're building a narrative. Wow. Magic. Amazing. So, okay... Man, Kurt Cobain, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, the Mars, the uh, the Milanese Tarot. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctly uh, one of the cool things, and if you post that link in there, everyone will be able to see it. Yeah. Um. The the whole Milanese Tarot with the uh, the Moon card. I remember specifically being yeah. really kind of like, oh, that's very cool because there was like this this giant lobster yes. on a platter yep. in like this banquet and all the shit in the banquet mm. are all the same letter as like the lobster and all that right. kind of stuff it was it was probably one of the ones that i looked at on that site and went yeah that's yeah i that's can't argue with that yeah. <laughs> so why yeah. don't we um so after we go to the Milanese Tarot, where do we go from there? Um, from there, you get, uh, of course, the uh, Pamela Smith stuff, the Rider Waite is what we call it. You want um, to talk a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah. Uh, so you have the Golden Dawn, and some of the members of it uh, were kind of aiming to have their own deck, um, you know, much like their Anakian chess or anything else, a game that allowed you to uh, see a bigger picture, build a better and bigger narrative. So they got Miss uh, Pamela Coleman Smith, I believe her middle name yep. was. Yeah, uh, I think her nickname was Pixie, um, and she was clairvoyant, right? Um, she was able to see colored light thought forms. Much uh, reading her uh, story, I would have to say, vision wise, we're probably pretty close, me and her. Like the way she kind of mentions how she sees things. Yeah. Uh, I kind of take off from that. Or the Ledbetter, uh, even though that guy's kind of weird. Um, you know, his book, Thought Forms, by yes. Bessett and uh, Ledbetter. Uh, same sort of thing, just these fluctuating energy forms that kind of move about or surround an object. So um, her job was kind of where you finally see where the miners became stories because she was kind of taking clairvoyant 
inter- energy signatures of what those cards she felt meant, and then translating them, narrativizing them into you know uh, tools and objects and people and scenes, you know, to where you could, I guess, better mentally project into there. Word, word, yeah, yeah that that's yeah. that sounds right. Like, there's something about the Rider Waite um, images that have a uh, a vivid like a life mm-hmm. to them yeah i think she captures that life force in its various um you know permutations really yeah if well. you look at like just the way the hermit's drawn like mm-hmm. it's just so like lanky and, and, and tall and thin and yeah. just sort of like the the gray bluish tone to it and it just i, I don't know something about the way she did it is just incredible and it, it really speaks to that deeper esoteric kind of um yeah kind of um register that's intentionally being applied here and is like really sort of being amplified and i think if you look at uh, another deck that i think does this well is particularly the miners in the teote deck mm-hmm. do this a lot like they have this really cool like um the way the the energies are expressed yeah. for the minor cards. I think because they tap into geomancy with right. their design. You know, you have fortune telling on top of fortune telling at that point. Yeah. And it's 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 a nice it's an interesting blend between um Pamela Smith's very sort of dreamy snapshot images mm-hmm. of a story that doesn't have anything to it. Like the four of wands. I think that's my card today. Yeah. Um, Four of Wands is like um, a wedding. It mm-hmm. looks like a wedding kind of yeah, celebration it, it, thing. Yeah. Um, this little structure right here, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's... And a, sort of calls up the image of uh, the chariot as well. You uh, have the four posts, the, uh, the overhead, you know, and, the kingdom um, in the background. It's it's pretty nice. Like It's, it's pretty wild how... I like this, this one little thing tells like a whole story. Yeah. That is not connected to any of the others that come before it or after. Right. Unless you want it to be. Like, you can yeah, make it. It can be a whole story on its own or a scene in a movie. Right. right. And it's, it's, but it's very illustrative and it has a lot of like figures in it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas um, some of the older decks, like the Marseille deck and the Teodi deck, don't have any figures in them. They just have yeah. like the, the cups. Themselves. And you could argue one way or the other that, that, it gives your imagination more to work with or less you know i mean oh yeah certainly i feel like i i lean on the i think it gives you more mm-hmm. the rider weight like personally i feel like but it, it does narrow right. what that is yeah you know it kind of gives you a specific scene where say if i tell you okay build a story from four cups yeah like the the workload's on you now whereas the rider weight kind of takes some of that work on its shoulders you yeah know? Um, four I, brothers take four cups to the four corners all right like, <laughs> what do you do with that you know it, it's up to you you know um you know maybe there's a a love square you know mm-hmm. uh, that needs to be resolved uh, endless possibilities yeah right. you're right you're, you're absolutely right like it gives you um it definitely gives you like an interpretation mm-hmm you know, not necessarily the one you want. And some of them, I feel like, when you look at them particularly, I, I don't like the higher air 
mm-hmm. cards. Um, eight of eight of swords. I dig. Um, I, I get the kind of. I think eight of swords is the, is that the dream one or is that nine? I think that's nine. I no. like eight and nine. Eight nine is, is like yeah, uh, and she's tied up and she's blindfolded and she's surrounded by the swords. Yeah, I like that one because yeah. it's kind of like overwhelming thoughts and mm. feelings of limitation and stuff like that. And then the dream, waking up from the dream with sudden kind of like thoughts, pow. Yeah, you know that makes sense. But ten, I'm kind of like yeah. I'm sort of like. None of the other cards ever seem so fucking hopeless as right. ten. It, the only hope in Ten of Swords is if it's reversed, which yeah. is so when you're like, the only way it's getting better is if this is all upside down, you know? <laughs> yeah. It seems a little, a little weird. Yeah, you know? but I mean, doesn't life encapsulate all those things? It does. Like, it isn't does. that the perfect Romeo and Juliet are at the grave, you know, and like, oh, I, I drank the poison because he's dead. No, she's dead. You know, like, right yeah oh man this is tragic you know like it's ten of swords yeah oh yeah i'm not saying it's bad I'm just right saying, you gotta have it you gotta yeah, have it i get it as a gemini all my minor cards are mm. terrible mm. <laughs> i want one that's pretty decent right yeah. <laughs> uh anyway so let's talk about um the hebrew letters as they appear in marseille okay Versus the Hebrew letters as they appear in there was a change with the, the golden rider dawn. weight. Yeah, why do you think that is? Um, well, the magician in the Marseille is a left, mm-hmm. uh, and you can look at his body posture. And once you know a left, and you look at the body posture of the magician, you're like, oh, of course, yeah, all their body postures are the Hebrew letters. You know, right, like right. That yeah. one kind of thing. The first one like nails it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and. Pay attention to anyone kind of trying to look at the image to follow along. Um, it's the Marseille yeah. one that makes Marseille. a left. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the um, Golden Dawn uh, version, the Rider Waite version, uh, it's bet. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Have we talked about the fact that um, the Golden Dawn magician mm-hmm. is draped in exactly the ritual clothing described in um, the Abermelon? book for knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel really yeah Yeah. so even the idea of being in a like doing because it has the garden in the garden and Mm -hmm. all that stuff that's exactly what he calls for yeah doing your work and he calls for a white undergarment with a red overgarment yeah and then that little platters you Mm -hmm. know the the disc is supposed to be where you would uh you know have the communication with the angel that's right so it's very it's pretty crazy wow like to see kind of how they like that's just a subtle little nod to like right. You got what the Freemasonry element in it. You have the uh, Amber Mellon stuff. In yeah, there, so it's kind of like Marseille. He's a juggler, you know, right. and it's kind of like a street magician, a hustler. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this next one, it's a very solemn, very. Right. Um, it's John Constantine versus Barton, I guess you could say. <laughs> John Constantine. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess I mean, so. Yeah. <laughs> One's not quite Black Lodge, but right. he's definitely like a <laughs> uh, street magician hustler. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's yeah. pretty apt. Yeah. In the Vertigo, <laughs> I have the Vertigo Tarot, actually. Oh, that one's so nice. Yeah, and um, John Constantine's the fool. He's not even the magician. I, yeah, I would agree. I would, yeah. He is a fool. Which is actually what uh, 
and there's like a there's a plot and there's a storyline in one mm. of the books about like anyone with John Constantine's level of power would realize like wait I'm God anyway why am I going yeah, through all yeah. this nonsense I, we could talk about Constantine all day yeah, long he's my favorite like comic magician and I feel like the less he's attached to the DC universe the better he is oh yeah, yeah. and they've really lost him mm. like they I haven't really paid much attention to DC over the past few years but yeah, you're more like me, Marvel guy. Where Ryan yeah. is taking the path of the I'm dark side to DC. DC's kind of just gotten. It's grim dark. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, just. Maybe when I was 20, I'd have been into it, but now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like this stuff, but it's nowhere near what Marvel's doing with their stuff. Right. Anyway, yeah. so um, diverging from Marvel has an interesting tarot, by the way. It. No, okay. s- yeah, stop. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about. Um, why the change happened i have a theory as to why but what, what do you think is the, the i thing? think they lost the thread mm. i mean i think you, they still had the idea okay it's a narrative-based idea and um obviously there's something to do with the hebrew letters in the places you know but i don't think it really sank in all the way with them possibly or it was one of the members interpretations like somebody wanted it made they knew maybe it was going to be public, so they didn't want to put the full and faithful, you know, revelation. They, they made it blind. Yeah, yeah. I think that may be, uh, that could be one answer to it, you know, and one that I would fully accept as the whole truth. Or I, it could that's just a, that's be. one of my theories as well, yeah. is that um, because we know that the positions of the paths mm-hmm. on the tree of life as they have them ascribed was an order secret. Yeah, we know that they were obligated to keep that secret, and they couldn't really talk about it in their public works. Right, which is why um, Dion Fortune's Kabbalah book is all about the spheres because she couldn't talk about the paths. Right. So knowing that tells me that they definitely had plans for this. And if you look at the Golden Dawn's description of the tarot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's different than what it's in the cards. It's very different yeah. from the Rider Waite. Very, yeah. very different. Very. But it's the same letters. Yeah. It's explicitly the same letters. So as far as we know, that's what they use. Yeah. Like, I don't... If they used a... If that's a blind, then it's a blind even in their own... Yeah, paperwork. they got caught up in it as well. And that's why I think they lost the thread. I think they thought there's some magical, mystical essence of each of the letters mm-hmm. and maybe it was kind of like a Crowley egotistical thing where it's like oh no I have you know all the fools in the past have, uh, were the ones that didn't get it uh, I can, I'm the one I that... think Crowley says as much because mm-hmm. Eliphas Levi mm-hmm. had the paths with the Merced deck yeah. with A in the magician mm-hmm. I mean we could talk about this all day long Yeah, but for some reason, Crowley, who claims to be a reincarnation of Levi... Right. Changed my mind. <laughs> ...doesn't go with it. Yeah. Instead goes with the Golden Dawn thing, which I understand why he would go with the Golden Dawn thing. That's what he came up with. Right. Right? That was his education, and all of his correspondence is based on it. And to him, you don't fuck with the order of the letters, and you mm-hmm. don't fuck with the positions they have on the tree of life. Like, that shit is set. Right. And we don't mess with it. He had this whole row with... You do not, you know, go past go. You do not collect 200 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a strickler from the rules of Monopoly. Right. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> so, 
I could see Crowley doing it. Mathers, yeah. but what is interesting to me is this notion that it's not like this hadn't been done already. Yeah. So I think they intentionally changed it. And I, I'll accept and that went, one too. Yeah. This is our order's key mm-hmm. to the tarot, and it's different than everyone else's. Everyone right. else has made the mistake. Right, shifting the order, order figured it out. Our guys. order has it right. We've, yeah, we've got like every other order, you know, and and it and that's what I love about magic. You know, you see these little pockets of like, no, we figured it out. It's like, okay, let me see what you got. It's like, yeah, yeah, you did, you know, but you're also completely wrong too. I mean, it's uh, because of what magic is, you know, that that working with the astral light and symbols and narrative and you know playing this synchronicity game, you know, it can be kind of close to whatever you want you know mm-hmm. some things are going to work better than others right you know uh superman's not going to work as well as apollo as they always say you know <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut right there yeah. prince yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right uh very true i'm glad um i'm glad you mentioned it that way right. <laughs> you gave me two wins earlier with the the whole stories in italy so i figured you'd give me that <laughs> But yeah, the the basic idea is that if you work with symbol, if you work with image, uh, with the astrolite, it's going to produce a result. So, yes, this B with the magician works just, you know, can work just like A with the magician, right? Because it tells a story. It gives you images to work with. It gives you ideas to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, enough to sort of play with in your imagination, to fill that with your will. So, of course, it's going to work. And of course, if we made a completely different deck, you know, with a narrative structure that made sense, at least internally to us, and with that system, that would work as well. Yeah. But will it work better than the Marseille or better than the Rider Waite? Is it a matter of numbers and who's using it? Or is there one essential true uh, magic? <laughs> you know? <laughs> if one will. Right, right. <laughs> Which I don't think there is. I think it's just like, is there a true electricity? Like, no, it's it's electricity. You can put it in an iPod or you can put it in a guitar box. You know, like where you put it is how it works. It just does the work. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you... Now, of course, if you have more voltage or more amperage and all that other jazz, like, yeah, you're going to get a bigger result. And I think that's what magic orders are or um, lodges or you know old cults it was like hey we're all going to get together and agree on the same thing juicing each other's battery up yeah you know versus the solitary magicians like oh it's just me cranking away at this battery all day <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that makes sense and yeah. you know it's interesting that as uh people who um have done a lot of kind of solitary work you and i Mm. Uh, being kind of born in Barden, but also we we've worked together, we've worked yeah. in groups and stuff like that. Yeah, I've done Golden Dawn magic, you know. I've, I've we've tasted yeah, yeah. all the different things, you know. We've been to the thirty-one flavors of magic. Exactly, you know? and it's, it's it's very nice. Yeah, as I say. but um, <laughs> the what I remember distinctly is that we had very few correspondences and very few points that we all related to when we did a, our regular group work way back in the gap. Yeah. Um, and I'm only bringing this up because it. I remember distinctly that we would have these points of correspondence, things that went together, mm-hmm. but illustrated 
wildly different ways. Yeah. Just like completely different. I saw um, a lizard. I saw a dragon. Like, okay, it's hitting on the same idea, but it's two different things. Now, yeah. I can only imagine if we had just a few more layers of the same background like and yeah. agreement like explicit agreements like, like this is this thing that is yeah. that a equals magician a equals magician mm-hmm. right yeah. and today yeah. we're doing a you know yeah. like if we all like had a little more of that and we all had a little more of working the same way and mm-hmm. having the same practices built up that must be some potent shit yeah you know like um i'm I'm a mason and we do rituals and stuff like that. And there are nights when everyone's in sync and everyone's doing the ritual and, and they're meaning it and they're, they're, it's hitting. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. It's like palpable in the air. Yeah. And all I got to do is magician is kind of just boost it a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yeah. and I do that in whatever is appropriate or necessary for me to do. And, um, and you can see the effect it has on people mm-hmm. like they are speechless like they just don't know where that come f- from yeah. yeah like they they're experiencing something that they really can't explain right they they're doing something that maybe at first thought was a fictional uh, ritualized set of actions that had no deeper potency mm-hmm. and then once they realize the narrative clicks, you know, that there's something deeper there. Yeah. And again, going and that back works to the not tarot. only for the people that yeah. are experiencing it for the first time, the candidates, but mm-hmm. that also goes for those of us that are, have been doing this for years and right. we're working on it. And, and when you have that night where it all goes right, you're just like, God damn, yeah. we get to do this fucking thing, man. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, this is incredible. Right. And I think that's when, you know, when you have experiences like that, you get a deeper understanding of sort of the lexicon of magic, yeah, you know, where know. they talk about the subtle force, the mm-hmm. power of the subtle force. Like, no, you can't see it or hold it in your hand, you know, uh, physically, but like it can do something. Like, <laughs> and it does, shit. Like, yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild to see. Um, like. I think we we've maybe touched on this a little bit before, but you see the patterns people take. You see like, um, and I've seen this in both our group work and in the other ones, mm-hmm. where you have those nights where the thing is powerful. It hits. You can tell yeah. it touches them deeply, but sometimes they just disappear, mm-hmm. right? Like they just stop after that, and yeah. they're not coming back to lot, or they didn't come back to. I, I our think that's group when work. like still downloading. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, but their lives take like the same path, mm-hmm. like the same, like same kind of like their personal shit straightens out. Oh, yeah, yeah, they grow as people. They grokked it and they're done. Yeah, and they they just they leave it behind and they don't worry about it. But they just they they've got their they got what they came for magic and they roll out. They know it's real and they don't fucking yeah. They just do. You know, and uh, some of them forget that. Some of them are like, right. yeah, was any of that real? <laughs> I mean, I've seen people that have been to invocations where, like, shit got real. So, yeah. You know, like uh, power outages and eyes changing in front of them. And afterwards, like, ah, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Like, or, you were in the same room with me. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you and, saw the, the thing. Like, right. The thing was there. <laughs> You, you pointed you the did thing out the to thing. me. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, I think that's, again, that's the narrative aspect of the brain. Like, the brain wants to make a consistent story that doesn't, that minimizes confusion and chaos, right? The less confusion, chaos, the less bad stuff. Right? The less bad stuff, the healthier we are, the happier we are. So if your life is materialistic, and I, I'm not saying that in a completely negative way. I'm just saying, like, if you only think. If you're think, dealing with the day-to-day. And, right, like, and, all, all that exists is matter to me. You know, if you're from coming from that point of view, from that uh, vantage point, then that's outside your narrative. It's outside your reality tunnel. That means there's chaos. That means there's something you haven't noticed, something you haven't contended with. And, oh, now you want to add this to my plate? No. No, thank you. I've had enough. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, my plate is full. I don't need a helping of magic on the side. You know? <laughs> so, I thought this was going to be fun. Maybe, you know, sacrifice a virgin or ride a goat. But, you know, now I realize that my whole universe is uh, a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed. It's weird. Result. Normally yeah. people want to do those things the opposite way. They want to right, ride they virgins think, and right, sacrifice right, goats. Right. <laughs> no, that's because they don't know the true magic. <laughs> So, uh, (laughs) this is the kind of stuff where if you write a blog, you can't get the sense of sarcasm and humor out as well. Like, I would have wrote that line on a blog and like, no, I got to delete that. I'm not going to catch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're welcome until we get to do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very clear from everything that we're doing here (laughs) that it's silly. Right. And fun. And also kind of true. Also true. It's completely 100% true. (laughs) Yeah. um, So... You're right, though. Like, there's definitely, like, um, this habit that kind of forms in the way we think, Mm -hmm. and it reinforces our experiences and even retroactively changes our perspective on on things that have happened to us and plants those seeds of doubt that go, oh, maybe that wasn't a thing. And, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, as magicians, it's a, a tricky kind of tightrope to walk yeah. sometimes whenever you're um yeah, it could really hang you up yeah it sure can yeah. it's <laughs> it's almost as if you're upside down just yeah. swinging from a room yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean to that point um think about you know uh, especially from a barton perspective like look at all the cards right over time for the last few centuries you've had this building and building and building and refining and uh, creativity that's gone into all these unique individual cards mm-hmm. to tell a narrative. And the idea is, this is all the narratives that you could tell, like this is an aspect of that narrative. You know, you want to tell this kind of story? It's in there. You want to tell that kind of story? It's in there. You know, you can build it however you want. Here's the pieces, right? You know, like we did earlier with uh, the sampling of four cards and making a story. So, from a, a magical perspective a barton perspective what does that tell you the, that deck can do for you yeah if you don't relate to something in that deck or if you don't get that card your soul mirror is blank in that regard right you know like the tarot is an excellent way of exploring your soul mirror and what you reject and what you accept and that allows you to understand well that's why my magic isn't as full or successful as I was because you haven't because I'm pushing against this thing right right I need to learn it I need to accept it I need to build a narrative around it that's good for me you know it's interesting you say that because when I was doing mine 
um, and I'm still kind of working on mm-hmm. it. Uh, but when I was doing the major arcana, uh, a thing that I kept running into over and over again was this notion that the um, the figures on the cards um, seem to have correlations with classical art mm-hmm. and with these these narratives that don't just tie into one thing, but several things. Yeah. So, uh, for example, the strength card was my version. It's like a big Herculean strong guy. And Josie's like, well, that's not really the right thing. But when I was looking at the strength card is in my in the correspondence we're talking about here, the, the Marseille Tarot, yeah. it is most definitely going to be the constellation Leo. Yeah. It's calf. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that being related to well, I think it's the sun actually. So it's the sun, and it's got a lion on it. And I'm like, that's fucking Leo. Yeah. What's the myth of Leo? Hercules. Hercules kills the lion. Right. I mean, it didn't go well for the lion. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But you know, looking at different pieces of artwork for Hercules fighting the Nemean lion. Yeah. What do I see? But the strength card staring me. Right. Right and, in the face. And real quick. Uh, and I look at Samson. What what time period were all those works of art being done? <laughs> Classical Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Ah. I wonder. You think maybe... Uh, yeah, it was in the air a little bit. Maybe all that's connected somehow? Yeah, yeah but also, <laughs> yeah. you know, you see the same thing with um, yeah. stories of Samson. Right. Samson fought a lion, and it's like exactly the same image. Yeah, because they're they're pulling from that the astrological narrative, the astrotheology, yeah. you know, and that's what was really big with the, the magical and elite circles in Italy was connecting to the astrological forces through the, the astral magic, um, bringing those forces down to make them more successful, richer, more powerful. Uh, there's even one deck that was made for an Italian family that was, and there's a whole book on it, uh, the game of uh, Saturn, I think it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that the Solabuca? I think so, yeah. Uh, and the whole idea is... I don't know how to say it. Yeah, it was a family tarot, basically. It gets passed down. But their idea was that the family line kept sort of reincarnating into the family, right? So it stuck through an ancestral magic. Oh, yeah, which is the game that aristocracy game yeah. plays to right, maintain right. the empire. Yeah, right? so you get you get an inside view with tarot of how the elite think about things, uh, magically speaking, world speaking, you know. And now it's in the hands of you know if, if you want a hillbilly. You know, like so that level of power is there to form narratives to build a magical narrative to rule your world to control your world you know the best card sheets in the world like they're successful people they can move the deck however they want they can put that card here oh, oh, oh you know the magic tricks uh, it comes through on that as well yeah it's it's very interesting it's like there's a it's like the card itself, like the notion of magician, even down to the tarot card, is like this. On the one side, he could be a cheat. On the other, right. he, he could, could be yeah, fucking he's master of the universe. Right. He, <laughs> he's Gandalf. He's some old guy smoking a pipe, or he's like uh, an all-powerful Valar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He goes right. to Gandalf the White. It's a little harder to doubt him. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, well, we get you. We get your game now. You know. Yeah, so that's why he can't hang around too long. But right. um, Gandalf the Gray is a great yeah. kind of can't tell what's up with that guy. Yeah. yeah. 
silly old coot or a wise man. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. So Dangerous godling, you know. <laughs> tell me, um, talk to me a little bit about your 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 perspective on kind of after years of working on different tarot decks yeah and um you know um, as an artist making some and yeah. looking at a whole bunch owning a bunch right what are, what are your thoughts you where, know, where have you come to um so when i first started out i had gotten like this i can't even remember the name of it it was like a smaller little deck and it was like woodcut sort of designs for each of the cards and um you know, they just sort of fascinated me from an artistic perspective. Like, I'm a weird guy. I didn't get into comics like, oh, I love Batman. I want to read Batman stories. Like, I got it. Oh, this is the art that people most flock to, you know. Um, so let me learn this art, you know. So I did the same thing with tarot. It was like, I really don't give a shit about the magic part of it or the fortune telling. Like, but this has passed many generations. Like, you know, something about this artwork sticks, you know. Yeah. So let me figure out what it is you know it was it was me as a budding artist trying to figure out what is art you know what makes powerful art what makes bad art you know that's so weird that you would be thinking about that at a young age i i mean teenage years i i'm a guy who had philosophical biblical debates with my father at 11 oh well, yeah I, look i, I yeah, could yeah well, we're of a piece on that front yeah because uh <laughs> Um, my poor religion teachers. Yeah. If you guys know anything about our culture, it's very Catholic here, and mm-hmm. I was no exception. And uh, I remember being some of that's to the benefit because of the art and sort of the, oh, the yeah, religious yeah. iconography for but sure. Everything else is you know. yeah. <laughs> so I was an artistic kid too, and I yeah. I was um, I remember having debates like knockdown drag out arguments. It got to where um, philosophically I could not buy what they were trying to sell me mm-hmm. and these poor people are just volunteers man they're just local parents yeah they in don't the know community. any better yeah. they don't fucking know deep right theological they arguments they yeah. don't they don't know they don't give a shit they don't even know who the apologists are you know, right like, yeah, they, they don't they say sorry a lot no they're yeah. not fucking ready for it right you know they're not ready for someone that's interested and demanding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were they were told to carry the torch, not investigate how to make fire. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm I'm curious about the nature of fire, you know. Right. So yeah, it's definitely uh, I'm I was like that too. But go on, go on. Let, oh yeah. Tell me your story. Um so you know, I started again, like our uh, our fair Italians in uh, Verona. Uh <laughs> yeah. Started playing around with uh the tarot as predictive text. You know, and for me, it was more a game. Like, well, I don't think I could tell the future. You know, I mean, I at that point in that age, I was still like, I knew there was, you know, I had seen things, uh, spirits. You know, I felt energies, but I didn't have a good working sort of system for what all this shit was. Like, it was just there were things that happened in the world that you didn't understand. You know, I would like to understand them, and maybe yeah. that's what this path is. But uh, you know, for the most part, I'm guessing here. You know. Right, right. It's fun experimentation. Yeah. Um, so I would throw down a couple of cards for a friend or a family member. And it's like, okay, this, this, this. You know, like telling the story like we just did. And they're like, oh, wow, that's incredible. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> that's just bullshit. Yeah, this is total bullshit. You know? <laughs> like, no, this has deep impact on me. Like, it shouldn't. You know? Like, <laughs> It's, yeah, 100% know you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much who I am, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, 
so the more that I saw that it actually did convey a message, you know, to whoever was listening to it, even if I thought it was full of shit, you know, like it's like, well, there's got to be something there. And then I went from the point of view, like, okay, well, obviously it's a it's a narrative structure, you know, and all humans have this basic sort of like in our DNA mm-hmm. of what makes a good narrative, you know, like we knew it around the fire pit. You know, back in caveman times, like, oh, Grok's story sucks. I like Oog's story better, you know. (laughs) And Oog's story kind of went on throughout time. (laughs) Where Grok is left in the sand, uh, you know, the the dustbin of history. Yep, that's right. Uh, Because Oog got all the ladies with good stories. Oog had great stories. (laughs) Um, We all know that. (laughs) Maybe Oog was a lady and she got all the men with her stories. I don't know. I'm not judging. Well, I I will say this. Um, Some of the first religious and spiritual writing we have was from a priestess Mm -hmm. from Sumeria. Like most of the parables, uh, or not say the parables, the, uh, the Psalms in the Bible, you can find direct lifting from the Sumerian texts written by, I think her name is Elish or something like that, but she was the first Sumerian priestess woman that we have writings from. And she pretty much shaped religious uh, story structure for all mankind. That's pretty powerful. The high priestess herself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a a bust of her. I'll try to find it and post it for this uh, podcast. But you can see her face. Uh, You know, so she, she passes down through history, you know. So, yes, we have a narrative structure um, that we either know it clicks or it doesn't, right? So we put all the stuff that clicks down in these images. You know, we can carry the whole Library of Alexandria with us, even if it burns down in this little deck of cards. Uh, we can tell whatever story we want in them because all the best parts of the story are in here. So that's kind of how I took it from that point. It's like, okay, cool. So that's when I started experimenting art-wise with it. You know, I made my first couple of decks, uh, based the court cards off people I knew, because I figured that was the best way to go. Like, okay, let me read the description. Who does that sound like to me? Yeah. So I'll draw that person. And that way, every time I see that card, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's my dad card. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's my dad. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. You got my dad. <laughs> yeah. My dad's a wonderful human being. I love my dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you're listening to this dad sorry you're not listening to this <laughs> no i met your dad he's a really great guy yeah he's a pretty cool dude <laughs> uh for an ex-preacher too you yeah know? um so that's when it came to the point of me just working it with my artwork and i kind of kept it as um just a cool way to do art and do predictive text you know for uh people you know that's when i started doing the readings you know i was at the shop with jamie and kevin and um you know uh Right around the time, you know, we started uh, meeting up. Um, you know, that's when I was starting to make those art decks. They were more for the art for me, exploring styles mm-hmm. and conveying those stories, um, and just sort of playing around with those ideas. And that's what it's always kind of been like. As my narrative and story structure for Magic grew and for life grew, it's like okay, time to make a new deck to incorporate all that information into the art. So, how many deep are you? How many have you made? Uh, like, like, printed professionally or just made? Like, how many different versions of the tarot have you produced a hundred percent of? Not necessarily all printed and, and finalized, but at least drawn out all of them. Twenty-three. No, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was an answer. <laughs> uh, 
You know, I've made them on like uh, note cards mm-hmm. and things. Uh, you know, white back. I've made it to where I've cut them out. Uh, made collage. Wait, wait, wait. Twenty three was the actual answer. Yeah, pretty ah! much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even more. I don't know. Uh, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, each time, sort of a new iteration. Like, I, I was. I think me and Denise had been married maybe a year at this point. Uh, I was a, almost about that time that like I was starting to hang out with Jason, and uh, before he told me about Barden and the rest, mm-hmm. uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I have a whole tarot deck in my head, and like literally, I got up at two a.m. and I drew out on individual like pieces of paper. Uh, each of the cards, you know, and finished them all that that very night. Like, and then I went back to bed exhausted. Um, you know, like basically that's my channel. This weird. Invocation. That's so weird because I do the two a. I've never been a wake up at two a.m. with this idea kind mm-hmm. of guy. Oh yeah, I've never had that experience. Yeah, that part has of happened, part of my insomnia. That has happened <laughs> like five or six times with this tarot. Yeah. Now that wow. I'm like because this is the first one I've ever done. Yeah. Because I think you hit that sort of symbolic narrative structure as you're going to sleep in the dream world. Definitely. Like so I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, I know what all the aces are. Right. Now I know what all the you, you sixes are. You go and you are. fill up your bucket uh, with magical imagery and you come back from the dream And land. then every now and then I have to wake up and get it done right then and there. Because oh, yeah, if I otherwise don't, I'm losing it. Yeah. All we are is dust in the wind. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, that's that's awesome, man. I'm... Yeah. um. Let's see, what else would would there be to talk about with tarot? So, let's talk about... How many, uh, do you, like, do you collect them? I've collected, I've gotten rid of, like, a box of tarot cards before. One, two, three. I think I've given you a couple of my own. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've given you one that I've made, or a couple of them, actually. Yeah, one of them. You've made one, it's right there, uh, that I have. It's the, um, I think... It's the Enochian. Enochian deck that you made. Yeah. Um... So that's one, and then up there there's three, but those are kind of like uh, novelty. Which, They're not which super. Which reminds me, if, if we got to pause it right now, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just messing everything up there. All right, I think we're good. Yeah. I'm gonna go through it real quick because I was thinking about this earlier. There's this uh, image or symbol that always kept coming up, and I know it's in here, and like that's part of it but not the whole thing so we'll put that one on the side oh yeah i love that card there's so many of them in that deck that uh, i absolutely love that one Mm -hmm. that kind of shows it yeah that one's overrated that's my hga card no i could yeah i could tell that yeah and then I got some of my sigils in there. So uh, for those watching, I guess it's the closest I could call it because this is Enochian and um, it's based on his experiences as he was going through the Aethers and working with some of the other various tables in the Enochian system. Um, I still had like the the aces that I had. Uh, like I made full on paintings of those originally after awesome. the experience. And uh, those were my quarter paintings. I would put those up in the quarters. Uh, but I translated them into the aces because I always wanted like that sort of image to come through. So good. Uh, aces are, man, the, the hardest ones that I've done for minors so far. Aces. So he's pulled out the high priestess uh, art, yeah. I think, um, or temperance mm-hmm. um, in some other decks. And then there's um, 
the lovers he's pulled out. Um, so this one shows it in as well. What is that? Ace of Discs? Yeah. yeah. So. Yes, yeah. please. So going with the whole uh, magician and where it kind of falls on it. And um, it's got the magician card. Yeah, magician. Uh, and the ten of discs. Yeah. Um, so this kind of shows what I really sort of picked up on in Anakian. So you see the little uh, oval shape there mm-hmm. with the eye and the little yes. uh, phalanges, if you will. It's the same thing behind here, right? It's this, that shape is that being. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. And, and, th- and for uh, I'm going to kind of explain it yeah. as best I can. He's got this cool-ass Kirby crackle, mm-hmm. and it's uh, in the back. He loves, He's so good at Kirby crackle. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm jealous because I can't ever fucking make it work. And then z- zone um, out. Just do it. Yeah. And it's got like like this very abstract sense of like an eye mm-hmm. um, in a sun in the very far distance, like in the back distance of the, the magician card. In the foreground, you have the magician, and he's charging these tools with these, like, beams, these golden beams of light that come from his hands and from his third eye. Yeah. Um, he's got a halo that um, is itself emanating from a triangle with an eye right. that's got these wings coming out of it, and it's got this kind of, like, monolithic, like... I am this thing, yeah. right? Like, um, very cool, very cool image. But behind that is this sun with this eye. So you kind of got the sense of these different levels of manifestation yeah. of the the primordial, I guess, sort of energy of the magician that streams down from the source into this sort of archetypal um, eye in the pyramid form and then down into the actual magician themselves mm-hmm. who then is himself channeling Put that information into the tools that yeah. he uses yeah. very powerful card it's really dynamic and um and really kind of blew me away no, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah hold on i got a thing too okay <laughs> was doing some sketches at uh i think i want to say a like a similar time period. Yeah. And this is a thing that happens to me and Justin. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be talking about, like, oh, this is what's going on with me. It's like, really? You know? Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll not work together at all for a long period of time. And then randomly we'll do a thing. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. We're, we're touching the same. Yeah. Same these. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think I just passed it. Nope. Yeah. That's not it. Um, there it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was my, like, magician card. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same idea. You have that, uh, the Hadith son with the, uh, the two snakes with faces. Then the, uh, HGA kind of behind. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Inspiring and filling from the back of the head, much like in my magician card. And then the, uh, the energetic chakras being lit up. And it does look like there's the, uh, Right, left, and then the generative force, if mm-hmm. I will. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, all three making a triangle of manifestation. Yep. Right there. Isn't it? It's yep. wild though, yeah. like to see the it's, same notion of right. The same notes are getting like, played. Yeah. Level, level, yep. magician, yep. and in the magician and his chakras, you yeah. see the the tools. And so I absolutely love your third eye drawings because that's how I feel them. 
Yeah, that's like how I draw. I only draw them the way like I f- like different ways I've felt them or right. particular ways that relate to that thing. Right. And you know, for those listening at home, uh, imagine a flame with kind of a higher point to it. You know, not like a fat stubby flame, but like a nice, perfect flame. If yeah, you like know. a candle flame. A candle almost. flame. Yeah. And um, popping out of the third eye, if you will, and almost like a feather, I guess, rising mm-hmm. up. Uh, from the third eye and that's the way I kind of feel it like it goes beyond the extension of my crown like it starts to go rising up above the crown very nice nice. Um, so with the structure here like this oval shape extended from top to bottom kind of you took a circle and stretched it from uh, the top to the bottom notice the the little crosses or the little lines that come out each and one looks like it's like a kind of elemental yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, it's an extended force. And you can see it coming from the third eye, from the temperance, yes. HGA. And you can see it from the heart center of the high priestess. Like there's the up. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm seeing it. Yeah. It's like it's behind her. Right. Almost. It's the up, the down, the left, the right, the forward, and the backwards. Wow. Taken from, a, I mean, obviously you can only see it on a two-dimensional plane. But if you... <laughs> three-dimensionalized it to where you know the the arms of the crosses were not like two up and two down but one forward and the side one on the side and back it gives that axis yeah uh, and kind of like if you were doing you know uh the lbrp you'd imagine Raphael in front of you uh Gabriel behind you michael on the right Uriel on the left that's badass that was and that's why i love the angel book so much because anakian was where i was getting that experience of like oh i'm experiencing a hey in this direction by tome in this direction you know all these angelic powers and forces and directions were being built into my sphere sensation my imaginal realm and the shorthand for that was the magician symbol because once i was able to lock into the above below front back side to side state yeah. Is when I realize, like, all I have to do is go up or down that totem pole we were talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that's what that symbol means. It's you just connected with the magical state. That's incredible, man. Yeah. That really, that, that's so good. I'm really, um, I feel like this one right here, mm-hmm. when you did this deck, it was like a another, this was one of those things that I saw and I was like, oh. Yep, we've hit another like. Yeah. This is the, a stage right here. This right. is a stage of development uh, that uh, we've got. Interestingly enough, I did this deck immediately after taking LSD. Nice. Like the whole idea and the the planning. Like I had uh, taken LSD while doing Anaki and Magic. Right? <laughs> well, I bet that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And, I can't remember uh, that. I, I remember we talked about it mm-hmm. like when you when you did that. You know, like all of it was building. You know, like okay, well. You know, I'm going to call the Anakian spirits here, here, the watchtowers, you know, um, the tablet union. This is how I'm relating to it. But I built it on each of my letters of the magical alphabet. So the magical alphabet kind of came first. Right? Yeah. So that's the. I remember you building that up. Right. You had all the little individual paintings. So that's the wacky thing is what I did to build this magical alphabet was I went back through all of my journals since even before I did magic and looked at my doodles and automatic drawings like not that they were magical automatic drawings just like oh, i'm bored at work i'm just gonna doodle like what symbols what could keeps I find? coming back right 
So I pulled those and I made almost like a library for myself of another journal. Like I'd put together like, okay, anytime I was thinking about weird mystical shit, you know, I was drawing this symbol. So I'm going to put that one down. Oh, look, in Hebrew, that symbol uh, means the same thing. I'm going to put that one down next to it. It's like, oh, in this other language, this is the symbol for that. So I tried to get a cross-cultural and personal language, right? I then said, well, I'm going to take all these, um, condense them down, and I'm going to throw them through a Nokia. <laughs> I mean, because why not? This is what you do when you're a bored magician. <laughs> and, you know, you're pretty much done barding. So it's like, okay, well, I have a lot of time on my hands, uh, magically speaking-wise. What can I play with next? Let's yeah. see what I... You know, let me take the vibration of Barden Hermetics, Al- uh, Alistair Crowley, Spare, and put it into Anakian magic. <laughs> <laughs> what comes out? Does it explode? No? All right, let's use it. Kirby Crackle. Kirby Crackle. That's what happens. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the symbols were all pre-existing the actual cards or the experience that I had working with those Anakian spirits. Those were built first. I then put them up on the wall. Remember the little paintings that I had on the Mm -hmm. wall? Each of those was the final sort of condensed version of right i can remember looking at those things and they're just like radiating power oh, yeah. yeah like you you were working on those yeah and, and it was it was nice this yeah. fascinating time so how i used them was it was kind of like a dial phone right like on the phone on your dial you know three rows of the cards with uh the full above and uh, the world below oh okay all right and then you had the three levels spirit level astral level physical level makes sense okay i hear you because this, this is this gets into a thing that i kind of wanted to talk about okay good. Cool. so then i would dial the aether so it's lil i would look at the l card oh. focus use my concentration on that vibrate the names associated what is, l? is that one of these uh, no. find l and i yeah I know it's uh, it's a little squiggly because this yeah. is actually following the uh, yeah okay so it's actually yeah okay L is uh, justice in this mm-hmm. one and uh, <laughs> again this is pretty fucking crazy so in my deck Mm-hmm. It's Ma'at with mm-hmm. the feather, and she's weighing it against the right. heart. Right. And I swear he's got Ma'at right here <laughs> <laughs> with the feather. Yeah. And she's got the sword, and she's got... um, And behind her is like this sort of what you can imagine would be a, a pentagon uh, in elemental colors. Or maybe it's like a, a square. I don't know. You can't see the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see that in the center, there's like an Akashic purple-black. And right. then... There's like a, um, um, a bright light, and from that bright light is this green energy that shoots down and makes um, Ma'at, and there's like a sun and a moon kind of uh, through this portal, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty badass. Yeah, L. So, okay, so I'm seeing L, and then I is the hermit, mm-hmm. and he's got this... this um, his stick is the actual uh, image yeah. that is the the letter 
I guess. Um, at his feet are four budding flowers mm-hmm. that look like they each have a face and they're each an elemental color. Yeah, this one connected very much with Nemo for me, like in the Garden of Nemo. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right. Garden of Nemo was one of those that we had almost the same fucking vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was really striking because um, I remember at the time I would go through the ethers and um, I would see, um, I would have my vision, I would see things, and then I'd write them down. And then after I'd write them down, I'd look at this website that had what the visions were oh, yeah, in Crowley's vision and the voice. Yeah. It's like, and, what? <laughs> and when I tell you that more often than not, they were fucking yeah. dead on. Or later I would find out what I saw was really like my personal lexicon at the same concepts. Mm-hmm that Crowley was talking about and his and Justin and I would go back and forth and kind of like update each other on the um the ones we saw and I am so we've got the magician he's kind of crouched not the magician the hermit and he's his stick is like glowing white but it's emanating this red fire mm-hmm. and um encapsulated in this um I guess it's sort of like a um it's like a, a tear, like an eye shape, like a teardrop thing, but it's got like wings. It almost looks like you know those those. It's like a, a flower itself. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's something angelic about the notion of this flower. Like it's, yeah, it's sort of like the moon and a seraph. You know how they got right. the wings wrapped around. Yeah, it's them? like these. Uh, I would see it in some visions. Like it would appear to me in like the third eye area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it kind of has the above below side to side uh, yeah I could see that it's like a straight up third eye yeah but then you know if it closes if the lotus flower closes it looks more like that flower you know so your awareness could be spread out and sent in the four directions or you can close it around the uh, the physical shape so you would look at these and you would see L which the letter for L is Mm. like this kind of cloud with a crown on top right and this um, the letter for the letter I, Y, and J, so it's Hebrew Yod, mm-hmm. is uh, this this sort of like, it's kind of like a question mark without a dot under it. So it's sort of like yeah, a like shepherd's crook, and then, yeah, like a shepherd's, spiral yeah. shepherd's crook um, top, and then like it comes down. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing in the hell if I, all right, I'm about to tell you guys <laughs> what I saw in Lil. And we can um we can talk about how fucked up what he's telling me is <laughs> <laughs> so these two figures the cloud the crown mm-hmm. and the curly q shepherd's crook mm-hmm. uh followed by another cr- uh, cloud and crown would be lil right yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i don't know if i have it written down i might i'm I don't remember where I put it, but the vision is... Oh, it's like I can go in it now. The vision is curtains of mist, like white mist kind of moving through um, this kind of bluish-black depth. Like, it's just infinite depth out, but there's this, like, white mist you're just rolling through, and you're just hovering through it. And as you hover, it's kind of like um, being over water, 
or over like you're you're over something that's producing this mist and you, you look up i guess sort of to a horizon and what you see there is this blazing corona of light mm. and i say corona because it makes that shape yeah. it makes the the smooth bottom emerging outward as you look up kind of spikes of light right and then you're rushing toward that corona and as you rush toward it it just seems to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and you see that it's like a sphere and you get to the sphere and you head to the sphere you're like rushing toward it you enter the sphere and it's like a tunnel of light like it just goes and it's it's um I don't know how to put it. If you tried to see what was around, all you would get is the sensation of undulating back and forth. And then you come out, the emergence of the other side, and what you kind of realize is that these parting curtains of mist settle into, like, um, like the, the sense of rushing seems to cease and you feel yourself like emerging out of this tunnel as like a, a a brand new being because in the tunnel you break down mm. you cease existing it's like nothing happens in there it's like just complete whiteness yeah and then when you come out that other side you're like a fresh born thing yeah and you kind of rush yeah. in through through these curtains of this this mist and then you kind of come out and eventually everything in reality sort of settles back into place it's like the present moment is a continual rebirth right. of the infinite creation yeah. from the cosmic emptiness yeah uh, <laughs> that's, that, that puts that's it well. my experience yeah. of Will. and i mean mine i would just use different words to convey the same thing like I think it's one part bursting forth new life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a baby just like, hey, motherfuckers, I'm in the world, you know. And the other part, silent monk in a retreat. Like, the total stillness of peace and equanimity. But, like, I don't know. It's it's a weird mixture of those two things. You're absolutely right. Because, yeah. like, if you can sit in the post-tunnel post of light space, stage yeah you can exist in that kind of empty right it's just a parted. pure empty but filled yeah it's, <laughs> kids yeah. The, words and concepts don't exist above uh the abyss sorry <laughs> we're, yeah. we're doing our best it so it's lost in translation yeah. if if it's it's weird but like yeah. to me the cloud is like the mists mm -hmm. that corona of light is like this little crown shape because it's literally like passing through the cloud and you get to the, the light. Yeah. The curly Q shepherd's crook is like exactly like that. The way he even draws it, it's like a blazing light in kind of like this um, this aura of light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like to be, to confront the, the sphere of light and then to pass into it. And it's like, looking back on it you go man that is that's the journey of a sperm into an egg yeah yeah and look that was one of the the big takeaways i got from anakian was like you think you've been born from a womb into the world you're still in a womb yeah you know like 
you're going to be born eventually into the real world. You know, and I, I felt that, and this yeah, is actually right here. <laughs> yeah, and if you look, there's the Keither point, right? Mm-hmm. You got the sun. You know, we got the sun the left and right, and look at the colors of the layers. Those are all the spheres. Yep. In um, you know, like a a chakra like form. Yeah. You've got blue, and then green, and then orange. So yeah. if you're looking at the tree of life, you've got um, you've got the Gebera, Hesed, mm-hmm. um, Nitsa, and Had, and it's kind of like they all weave together because it's like the opposite way going yeah. the other way. Yeah. So if you look at it, and then here, this pillar right here, the green pillar in the Lovers, mm-hmm. is the green pillar. Oh uh, yeah, the the Lovers yeah. has like a magnetic field. It looks like the yeah, same the Taurus, the Taurus uh, yeah. donut magnetic energy. field shape around surrounding a magnetic woman in blue and an electric man in red. Overhead is God, right? Um, and their union of the uh, and he's yeah, yeah, and their union is the letter, which is kind of like this arch, yeah. Um, but it's got a, like a straight top, so it almost looks like a big door if you were mm-hmm. looking up at it, yeah. Um, to the wedding chamber to the wedding chamber which is incredible i have a printout over there underneath the book of my lovers and i swear guys i'm not making this up (laughs) i didn't look at his card (laughs) when i made mine yeah but mine is is not an angel like it's not adam and eve like the um the writer wait smith deck it's not um the cupid thing it's freaking god mm. and he's stretching his his arm down almost like uh william blake's oh, yeah. my version of william yeah, blake's yeah. uh god who splits light into chaos but his mm. his finger comes down and makes the tip of a triangle that the two lovers third eyes make the other two points mm. and that light that pure white light because god is like all in these white and gold kind of tones his light when it meets theirs creates a prism and the prism is their bodies kind of intertwined and the it's the electric one the electric man and the magnetic woman almost like barden's um initiation initiation Hermetics Hermetics. cover yeah and they are intertwined together in love and um in congress Mm. if one will and um their bodies touching each other and and weaving together create the colors of the trees of the sphere of life and they perfectly match a a rainbow pattern from white light into the the colors of the rainbow yeah and it's their kind of like union point together that makes um yasad yeah so it's like it's pretty weird (laughs) because it's like the same idea that we both diverged away from on two different cards here done independently of each other without like talking to each other or right like we, we didn't go through the the aethers together we did them separately yeah. and yet we again and again come to these very similar yeah. symbols or imagery that uh, calls uh, to the same sort of effect or idea yeah you know it's funny you mentioned the nemo garden um mm-hmm. is nemo nemo's not one of the aethers is it 
no, he's in. Uh, he's kind of like the. He's the gov. He's one of the governors. Yeah. Yeah. Of uh, one of the aethers. Yeah, you go into the aether, and he's it's his little field garden, and basically it's all. I mean, it's symbolic. Uh, obviously, it's kind of like the higher self of higher selves. Yes. You know, slowly uh, developing and growing these other and, minds. And, and each in each flower in his garden is an initiate. Right. And uh, the Buddhists have this idea called Avalokesha, mm-hmm. um, and his his lotus. Uh, flower pond if one will and like so the idea is in inside each closed flower is an initiate in kind of their life as they work through their system and work through to get enlightenment and when they become enlightened they open up and their flower opens and buds and and they experience the pure being but all around them inside the flower is the movement of the elements mm. and kind of the the movement of the world around them. And, and it's kind of like this notion that um, when you go to this aether, you meet the caretaker of that garden. Mm. And the caretaker of the garden shows you the flowers, shows right. you you're the one you're in. <laughs> right. And then asks if you would like to join him in his gardening project. Yeah, and <laughs> then asks if you want to if you want to become a part of the thing, which yeah. of course you agree to. Yeah. It's very startling to me that um that when I read the Crowley thing, he had almost exactly the same notion. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like that's when I considered abyss crossing was a thing that we were doing right was with that experience right there yeah that's pretty wild man yeah that's that's a cool tarot deck i gotta say thank you appreciate it i've always loved it i love that card up there yeah the uh the new eat galactus goddess that i've mentioned before that's (laughs) this is her Mm -hmm. in all her glory uh met her on top of the mountain uh of awareness and uh yeah i was able to like i could probably just for size comparison, I could probably sit in her palm. Yeah. You know. Um, but that's how I experience Nuit, the goddess. Uh, yeah, trampling on all the dark. Uh, Beautiful. You know, energy below. Like, no, motherfuckers. I, know, I fucking love that card. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. And I think um, the notion- Inside Kirby Crackle, by the way, like the whole card is curvy crackle and oh she's my within goodness it. yeah <laughs> he's so good at that curvy crackle anyway what i what i like about it is and i never really thought about it mm-hmm. but it, it communicates kind of this atomization of energy yeah like this the word crackle is perfect because mm-hmm. it, it you it's can got the k in there you it's can got the power feel the zap yeah. yeah of it you know and it's like uh it's, it's a vibration yeah, yeah it's an yeah. excellent thing it's dynamic the mm-hmm. way it looks and yeah. um and i feel remiss for not having put more of it in my tarot deck you can always do it i can, can always, always add more some curvy crackle yeah. <laughs> it's never a wrong time to add curvy crackle so mm-hmm. before we go last thing we're going to talk about sure um this has been a long winding road of tarot. It has been. Yeah. It has been. But I really like it. I feel yeah. like it's it's taken some twists and turns like we do. Yeah. And um you know, so it's almost as if it's like a, a journey of fools. Yeah. Through various <laughs> stories. Into initiation. Yeah. What is your take on that, the notion of the fool's journey and all that stuff? Um again, I I would have to go very Joseph Campbell, like mm-hmm. I've been saying. Um you know, the narrative that humans like 
is one where it explains why we have darkness and trouble and um, you know forces against us, right? Uh, how we overcome them, the fact that we can overcome them is mm-hmm. definitely a message we like. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> no uh, one wants the. It's all hopeless, kids. Well, that's H.P. Lovecraft. Kill yourself. Yeah, that's H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> People like H.P. Lovecraft. You know, small doses. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we we generally tend towards those kind of stories. You know, why we do it, we can have a hundred different reasons, if you will. But let's just get past that and go. We like this type of story. Yeah. You know. It resonates with us on some level. Um, So I think the initiation story has to resonate on that same level. You know, if that's the primary story and all things kind of reverb from that, you know, the hero's journey is just the initiate versus, you know, uh, Batman going through stuff, you know, and rising up to be the best Batman he could be, you know. This is initiation into Batman. Right, right. In you fact, know. that's one of my favorite things about The Dark Knight. Mm. Shows the, the initiation The process. Batman begins is the notion that he was part of an order who, like, yeah. used these We've been doing this a long time, kids. Things, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he went through this journey and came out a completely different guy. And he came out uh, forged into something totally right. different. Right. But built on the same principles. So... Right. That's how you should do. That's how every magician should treat his order. He should learn everything. Yeah, he don't can. just join the League of Assassins, kids. Then, Become yeah, Batman. Exactly. <laughs> join the League of Assassins and learn everything you have to know. Burn their house to the ground. Right. <laughs> save Ragul. Yeah. Save Ra- Save the leader. Yeah. Burn the house to the ground. Start your own order. Right. <laughs> Under in the basement of your own house. <laughs> Especially if you have a butler, that would help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're being fabulously wealthy, and uh, yeah, I mean that's all things that could help this story, <laughs> but not totally necessary. Not absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um. I, anyway, any other notes you want to mention about the 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 courts, the miners, anything like that? Um. Yeah. Uh, I think the court cards. Um. You know, also good for uh, like look at the Anakian uh, tablet union. Mm-hmm. And as a magic square, you can build the court cards as a magic square that way. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and you're making the AHNB uh, Tablet of Union. And looking at it that way, I think Duquette talks about that a lot in his book. Um, you know, and that resonates with me, is that magic square of uh, the court cards. Because then you kind of see it as a cycling transformative uh, process that's going on almost like a magical machine that's working you know you put something in it goes through this process and it comes out Mm, sort Uh, of like the secret to materialization magic or manifestation if one will yeah working with the tablet union or the court cards and you know you can take it's an x factor like okay i'm working with the court cards or you could i'm working with the tablet union or nakian system of magic you could use it the same way, in my opinion, and come out with uh, similar results. See, I've been dealing with it from the... Um, it's probably basically the same idea. Mm-hmm. The four worlds slash uh, parts yeah. of the soul yeah, and the elements. So um, if you kind of put it from the top all the way down to the bottom, you'd have like king of um, mm-hmm. wands all the way down to... 
um, I guess princess of discs yeah. would be it. And so you'd go from the the father and the mother, the lesser countenance to mm-hmm. the um, or the son and then the daughter. And so everything follows that pattern, but it also cycles through the fire, air, or fire, water, air, earth. Yeah, it gives you faces to the forces. Right. I so yeah. I, I think what it does is it um, it kind of encapsulates in a small micro setting mm-hmm. in the integration of the the miners mm-hmm. as pictures uh, pictures of the forces themselves and of the domains themselves. So if the majors are the energies and the experiences kind of um, that the elements of the experiences in the let's say the aethers or whatever, mm-hmm. then the miners to me in my experience with them, I'm using the, the spheres on the tree of life uh, so it's like that's the pic, the picture of that element in that sphere. Right. So mine, I'm taking the the, the route of not doing like nine cups for nine of cups. Yeah. What I have instead is like a scrying bowl with um, with the moon in it, and it's like a dark purple color because it's the color I'm using to correspond to Yasad, which is number nine, mm-hmm. and. Um, the scrying gives us this notion of reflectivity and uh, plumbing one's unconscious and um, like the plumbing with going the, uh, into the, the watery aspect, depth. Yeah. 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 So just in using that water element notion of um, kind of fluidity to, to sink down into it. See the, yeah, the words yeah. just water words sink down <laughs> into it and um, unconsciously get yeah. your thing. My, the, um, the disc is of nine is something like a dream catcher almost it's oh, not exactly okay. that but it's like this sort of spider webby mm-hmm. ring that um makes a nine pointed star and all that kind of stuff but yeah. it's it's the it, it's a again that notion of the unconscious mind the sort of subtle energies that are surrounding us the that yeah. i guess the astral would be a good way to put it um, and that's the Picatrix, uh, Picatrix one. And, that, and yeah. it has the Picatrix <laughs> yeah, yeah. as a background. So there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's something different about the way any person's going to do the tarot. So if your yeah. question is to either of us, what's the best book on the tarot? Yeah, yours. Yeah. The one, it's going <laughs> to be yours. It's going to be, right. without a doubt, the book you write. Because yeah. you made your own tarot. Yeah, make your own story, sing your own song, paint your own painting, make it yours, create your world. Learn the learn the tarot. Make twenty three of them if you want. Yeah. <laughs> see what see what you like out of it. I would advise um, trying to understand what each element is in there for and kind of yeah. what role it serves. Not saying you have to follow that. No, no. That's how I like to kind of look at the alphabet of desire or the tarot cards. It's like, what is the the big idea yeah. behind each individual card or alphabet letter or you know whatever we're doing? Like, what's the idea? How do I relate to that idea? What are my experiences with that idea? You know, when have I experienced them? And then let the creative process go from there. That's the uh, the using Barden's uh, thought concentration. <laughs> <accurately>. <laughs> you know, 
yeah yeah so there it is uh the tarot and uh, a bunch of other weird stuff <laughs> oh yeah yeah for a minute there i forgot we were even talking about the tarot like we were just like hey we're, what's all that over there and yeah we came back to it yeah it well nice. lil is distracting that yeah. way <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right so um where can I find you on the internet? Oh, uh, I am at the Perennial Magic at WordPress. Uh, yeah, take a look. We have uh, several of our podcasts up there. I also go through, you know, start at the beginning of the post, work your way up to the last one because it builds. You know, I give you the full, easy to follow breakdown of um, what is magic and how to do it. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. And, Where can we find you online? Well, uh, I'm, you know, I don't know, man. I haven't made a thing. I'm thinking that at some point I'm going to make something for the podcast and yeah. I'll be there. But um, you can easily you reach can, me. So at, we can find you in the void places of spirit. Yeah, in the <laughs> void places. <laughs> the void places. <laughs> anyway, um, kncpodcast at gmail.com. You can email me and Justin and um, we'll get back to you. Um it may take us a minute, but we'll get back to you. And yeah. as always, we'd like your... We have aethers to scry. We, yeah, yeah. We can't be there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're magicians, people. We do yeah. magic stuff. <laughs> and then um, there's also... I pop in on um, France Barden groups on Facebook yeah. and stuff like that. And I talk magic there and um, post podcast stuff that happens. And same thing with Reddit. I'm on the France Barden subreddit sometimes you'll see me uh doing talking some stuff and posting about what we're up to um that's that's kind of it at the moment yeah maybe one day i'll i'll get around to doing a blog or something a real boy one day (laughs) i mean a real magician who does things like writes blogs and books right (laughs) (laughs) it is your destiny (laughs) so until then um you guys have a good night and uh, good magic good magic to you